Do hey everybody, I'm Chad Eckert, and that's Joe Idoni. This is the Preferred Lines Podcast, where you can find us a cracking beers and talking some golf every Monday evening live on Twitter, streaming on Twitch and on YouTube, and we'll be on iTunes later. Subscribe, like, review, all of those places. This is uh, the, the finale of the season. It is the playoff finale. We're at the Tour Championship. Uh, Joe, you, uh, you and I, before we clicked in here, we were talking a little bit about that. But before we get into that, there is a jock market this week, or is there not? Yes, there is a jock market this week. Okay, because that might be the place to go. Uh, not only can you now short play, I'm shorting players. That is amazing. I haven't tried it yet. I was scared to do it. Did you try any short anybody this last I did I still need to like learn a little bit of ins and outs before I'm gonna try to do some more stuff on uh by Wednesday but it should be a very interesting jog market so uh, Mm -hmm. if you haven't done it yet use the promo code uh PL and you will get a deposit match up to 50 that's the promo code right PL I think so all right cool uh nobody's using so they are utilizing starting strokes so Mm -hmm. it's going to go by finishing position However, if you win the tournament, no, okay. Let me back up a minute. They are not utilizing starting strokes. Oh. Everyone starts at zero, but if you win the tournament, it is worth the extra five-point bonus that they give to the winner. Hmm. So last year, for instance, Xander had the low score, hmm. but DJ got the five-point bonus hmm. because he won the actual tournament, which vaulted him in the first. Xander was second. Uh, we'll touch on it this week. It's still going to be a ton of fun. Like it'll be interesting. I think like Cantlay and Rom probably break records for the the price per share they're going to go for. Sure. Uh, but should be fun. We enjoy them. They've supported us all season long, as have you guys. So thank you all, uh, and thank them. We is you and Rick, right? On Wednesday nights, you have the Power Hour. It is a YouTube program on the Rick Run Good YouTube channel. Go over there, find that on Wednesday as the uh, IPO closes. We know all about the jock market. They're great people. Hey, did you enjoy this tournament this last week? I loved seeing Bryson battle with Patrick Cantlay because we knew both of these players, they have no brain. They're controlled by a computer chip. They're robotic human beings in different ways. Uh, Bryson being a superhuman in a weirdo and just having that drive off the tee. And then you got Patrick Cantley just insane with the putter, super hot. What a fun battle. I mean, we got two different styles. One guy's bombing it over a lake. The other guy's kind of putting it off to the side. I mean, this was so fun, right? You were, you were enjoying it. I loved it. It was an amazing final round. I had a Bryson ticket as did many. I, I offset that with a couple of crafty uh, top 10, top 20 bets. It got me up on the week, so I wasn't as pissed when he lost. But mm-hmm. look, there was nothing better than that that I can remember. Uh, yeah, it's most recent, but that was incredible. What's up, Augie? Um, yeah. Guys, if you guys are here, this is like this show is is wide open, right? We're going to talk the betting board. But if you have questions, please drop them in there. We'd be happy to answer. Going back to last week, Cantlay, stone cold killer with the putter. No emotion, draining everything. Bryson was 40 yards past him, it seems like, every time on 18. And then he answered the call. Like, let's give him some credit. Like, him going in the water, answered the call there, stuck it on that par three, which you could tell when they got to 17, 
it was a bad number for Bryson mm. because you could just tell the conversations he was having with his caddy that I've got to try to get this pitching wedge there, although it's kind of in between. Like he was every time he went back, he's like, okay, I, I've just I don't have another option. I've got to try to hammer this wedge 190 yards. And he did it like on command. He was awesome. Cantley was awesome. It was a great uh, culmination to a super season year. No, sh no shots yet at the tour finale. Um, but that was everything that we love about golf. And um, congrats to Patrick Cantley. Yeah. Uh, did you do you get pissed off when people are moving around or walking, or does that distract you while you're playing? I mean, I, every once in a while, if I'm really focused or something, you know, or I'm trying to focus really hard, like I, I, I end up thinking about the other things that are distracting me more than if I just go up there and I'm more like lazy, lazy and say, oh, whatever, I don't care. I'm going to make my swing and do my thing, play the music, talking my backswing doesn't bother me. Those are the times when I play better. But if I'm like that little thing's bothering me, then it irritates me. So is, are you a Bryson type where you're going to tell the guy to stop walking? I could care less. It doesn't bother me at all. Okay. Um, I'm in the country club game now. So there, I've seen yeah. some guys where this will, this will throw them off big time. Like you're talking, there's a conversation going on here. Uh, your, your ball markers in the way, like little things. It's just, just play. Right. Yeah. I don't, I don't care. There can be sounds. Uh, no, I don't, I don't, I don't care. Yeah. See, now, Bryson just comes across as the jerk, but I don't know if he's intentionally trying to be a jerk or he's just like, uh, can you please stop? And like, doesn't know how to say it. And like, he just comes across as the way he comes across. So I got to give, sometimes you got to give Bryson a break. Cause he's just not a normal person. They're like I said, I mean, they're robotic computer humans. Um, we can talk about the tour championship format. Cause that was a hot topic today. I had a tweet um, that I talked to about, uh, does anyone actually like this format? Because from all of what I, you see on normal Twitter. I mean, like, I just thought you don't like it. I don't really like it. Nobody really likes it, but uh, there's some comments of people that actually like it. Like Josh Perry says that, you know, it's okay. I mean, we were better off doing this than having Baliona stand in front of a touch screen, explaining scenarios at, at all week. I mean, we've yeah. got a lot of people coming to the defense of this tournament, including Luke sweated Luke. out. I mean, these people like all Josh, of course, loves to be, say that he likes it but maybe he really doesn't i don't know but i mean i don't know people are into it or it but you're not we don't have any solutions or i guess this just kind of is what it is and you're you're the tournament last week really truly turned out to be the entertainment version of what they want this week to be yeah you know, so like, yes, this week, can, can, there's no scenario where this week can hold a candle to last week. There isn't. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, yes, I guess there is a way, but I, like that was awesome. That was everything. Everyone started at the same boat. You had two great players dueling it out down the stretch. I hate it. Um, I've been very vocal about this for the last couple of years. Uh, I don't know necessarily that I think that I have a a win-win solution. I like the idea of, of staggered, of staggered match play. Um, okay. I get why a lot of people don't like that because, you know, Rom can go out in the first round, can't like and drop. And all of a sudden you're left with a finale of Corey Connors and Eric Van Ruin for the tour championship. That can happen. 
Um, I think there are ways to to sort of negate the chances of that, but that can happen this week too, right? I mean, you've got um, Sam Burns is six back, Answer is six back. Like you can end up with those two guys dueling it out for the tour championship, and neither one of them had the best year, right? Even if they win this week in a thirty man field, they have one win plus a win in a thirty man field. I, so, I, I don't know. If there's a better way. I like match. Look, match play can be awesome. Like we got the sense last week, like that was match play. Yeah. Bryson Cantlay was the entire closing six holes of that tournament plus the playoff was essentially match play. True. That's what it was, um, and it was the most exciting event of the year. So you can get that. Uh, in match play, it's hard to you know end up with number one versus number two, which this gives you the most likely scenario. But um, I disagree with the guys who are number one and number two. So that's where I feel like the system is is flawed. So um, that's my take on it. If you guys uh, I open it up, tell me why I'm wrong. I'm happy to hear it. I, I know the many reasons, but that's still my my side. No, I feel you, and I'm not. I'm not as much into match play. And if they're going to do this format where someone starts with strokes, which I guess is the only real way to, you know, you cash in your FedEx Cup points for strokes, I get that. Okay, then let's emphasize the points better throughout the season. Meaning a major winner, even a second place, third place at a major gets as many points as a Sanderson's Farms winner. Let's just make it that. Also, why aren't these the tiered starting points different? Like it could be weighted based on if Patrick Cantlay is Tiger Woods and dominates throughout the season, then let him be minus 26 and the next guy be minus 12 because that's what he deserves. But Patrick Cantlay doesn't deserve a minus 10 based on his season compared to everybody else. I think we need to, we need to maybe weight it a little differently. Maybe Cantlay and Rom, they truly probably and Bryson, they should all start at like minus 12. And those three should just get a clear, distinct advantage. And then why does Fee now all of a sudden he has one win and it happened two weeks ago? Then all of a sudden he's in like I just hate that where you won a playoff event, so then now you're first place in the playoffs. Like Cantley's in the lead all of a sudden. Like Cantley didn't play most of the like I mean, how many tournaments did Cantley even play? So then how is he the one that's in the lead starting off? Can we I don't get you know, it. It's it's rewarding. I get that it's rewarding. it's it's both, right? So there's part of it that the idea there's there's scenarios where they're trying to reward season long success and not just reward a guy who had one win. So the, what I'm talking about here is Cam Smith is minus five. What was Cam Smith's big win this year? Well, no, it like- he played great all season long, which is what they're trying to reward. But at the same token, while they're trying to say that, they're also telling you that Finau and Cantlay with two wins are worth more than guys who won major championships. Hideki is minus one. He won the Masters. Um, DJ is minus three. He won the Masters technically in this season. Morikawa, who I would argue should probably has the second best season of the year. Look, if you go through the full season and you say who are who had the best season and the second best season, it's Rahm and Morikawa. Mm-hmm. There's no argument there. I don't feel like there is. Right, they should be one and two, um, and and that's the part that sort of that sort of pains me. Sung J M is minus three, and in like, 
I don't know. No, so it turns out to be like an NCAA tournament or uh, the NBA playoffs where in one you know, stroke can upset. It could be the, Den- or the Denver Nuggets, you know, DeKevin Matembo upsetting somebody or the New York Knicks get into the playoffs and then they end up going all the way to the finals and they're an eight seed. I mean, that happens sometimes in the NCAA tournament. So that's why this is not the same as who's the best player. You know, like you have the MVP of the season, but sometimes there's a guy in the playoffs that does it better. So I think that that – Ultimately, like this is, yeah, like this is why we don't like it is because it's not a reflection of what we have put all this work in for the last 50 weeks or so to see that this is the result so that our buddies who haven't paid attention at all and that are coming into it, hey, the NFL is about to start. I'm going to get back into that. Oh, golf's still going on. Oh, there's the finals. Cantley's the best player. Rom and uh, isn't up there. Finau is better than De- De- Bryson. What the hell? And then they think that Finau has had an amazing season and Cantley's better than everybody else. And it, and it looks like, I mean, Berger, for example, is even, and he was, he's been really consistent all year long. Top tens. Yo, Kepka's so, minus two. Kepka's bad. I mean, like, no, he's been like, Kepka's had a great year. Yeah. He's got to win and he's got a bunch of stuff. To, like, <laughs> do you, okay. So let's go back to two years ago when they sort of changed this up, right? The idea and the premise behind this was that the other method was too confusing, right? Casual golf fans, our dads, our buddies who don't really bet, but they'll tune in on Sunday afternoon, didn't understand how how Tiger won the event, but didn't win the tour championship. You know what I'm saying? So that was that was so confusing to people that they wanted a system where you have one winner. Mm-hmm. But now, like all I've been flooded with this week because I'm going on a golf trip and like oh, we're on I'm on a huge text thread is friends who casually follow golf like what the fuck's going on? Like they don't understand this at I don't all. Understand this? Part. Why do people have a lead? Like they're they're people I'm getting questions from people like what is this? Like yeah. this is a this is the tour championship and I'm like, "Yes, dude, I've been saying this for 2 years." So um, I don't know. I, I don't necessarily have a solution. I just hate that like this amazing season and what we've seen over the last year, right? Since the start of the year is incredible tournaments, incredible finishes that this is how it's, it's probably going to end, uh, with the Cantlay Finau Rom duel down the stretch and, and everyone else is kind of out of it. Yeah. And then I can make an argument that Hovland could have a minus nine, minus five. He's minus 14 to get going here, and then he's right back in it. But there's like, you know, he could he could do that, but there's like a 4% chance that he does it and a 96% chance that he doesn't. So, therefore, you really truly have like only five or six guys that could actually win. So then this is lame. It's crazy. Like Jeff here was saying, uh, if odds were thrown out, Tony Pino would be one left. Like the guy two weeks ago was like down the odds board, like rolling down pages, sixty-six to one. Like we're in the we're in the FedEx Cup playoffs, and you're scrolling down like a page and a half to find this guy. He comes through with the win. He played amazing. He's number two. Yeah. I don't know, man. Stupid. Yeah, I know. So we can harp on that more, but we could get to the betting board and get on with it. Let's see. Let's talk about this betting board. And this one is with the strokes included. Okay. Uh, It is John Rahm at the tippity tip top, even though he is not the starting guy at 10 under. It's Patrick Hanley, but he is still the favorite. So with a four stroke deficit, 
We're pretending like the first round has already been played. We're betting live. Would you lay the lumber after Wednesday's round, let's say, in a five-round tournament, on John Rahm if he's four back? I might, I might do it. But is plus 350 worth it? It's hard for me to evaluate any of these odds. I, I don't think that in, let's say, it's a shortened WGC field, and Cantlay comes out to 10 under, Finau's 8 under, Rom's 4 back, that he's plus 350 here. No, he's not. He's like 12 to 1. I don't think so. Yeah, yeah these odds suck. These uh, odds are horrible. So, no, I'm not betting that. I I, I don't have interest in Cantlay. Like, I, it's, imagine, uh, imagine laying. I would. I can't do this. This, this is a DraftKings week for me. It sucks. I hate this. Is like Because you know me. I like I love betting. Like I like betting on golf more than anything, mm-hmm. and and this is just painful way to end the season for me because I it's hard for me to isolate much much real value here. I'll make a couple bets, but um, so if if Rom and Cantley are at this three fifty and plus four hundred, and then Bryson even at plus five fifty, you got seven to one on Tony Finau, who starts the tournament two back. Those numbers are there. Why aren't the numbers? down here where you can get hair why isn't harris english or these guys 75 to 1 or 100 right. to 1 they should be this if you're betting these numbers you're just giving the bookie money like okay i bet money. rory last week was 28 to 1 everyone started at zero he's eight back and he's 25 to 1 like the same can be said about about dj last week was like 25 to 1 he's Seven back, and he's twenty to one. This, yes, I get yeah. it. The elite can be erased quickly if he plays well. He's going to find himself in contention. But, but, still, but he's should, a touchdown he be behind. He's a touchdown behind Patrick Cantlay, and they haven't even put a peg in the ground yet. It's like that's ground. He's got to make now, that up. Joe, you and I, we check in every single round after the round's over. What are the odds? Like we're trying to maybe hedge ourselves, or we're trying to get an idea of what the betting market is saying and who's going to win or whatever. These numbers are not awful if it was the way that it is. Like, they would literally not even allow you to bet on someone that's like seven strokes back because they have no chance. So anyone like a Hovland or a Louie or a DJ, they wouldn't even show up. They'd show up in like a field category that you wouldn't want to bet on because they got no chance. So let's not do that. Let's not bet. Dude, bet with the starting strokes, right? Yeah. That's weird. Yes, I agree. Maybe. Like that's those are like the most natural place to have odds. My book doesn't have those, the ones that I'm using right now. So I either that or they haven't posted them yet. So I haven't even really dug too much into it, Chad. I don't know if you have a lean or two kind of uh, without the starting strokes, but this gets weird also because y- you could have guys protecting leads, right? This is a massive payday. So you could like you know. Patrick Cantlay could be up seven going into Sunday and just sort of nestle down and protect. You have guys like this is this like finishing seventh and finishing 12th is a massive difference this week. So there's so many other motivational things that come into play when, um, you know, when, when assessing this without strokes that these players aren't looking into, like they don't care what they finish with right. without starting strokes they care what they now, finish with yeah i thought that and then i remembered that the owgr pays these players in points based on their uh without strokes score wait the owgr pays players or pay you know gives points or whatever 
scores oh, gives points gives points okay okay yeah Pays yes up. they do so then maybe they care more than we think they care. Now, regardless of all that, I don't think that I would bet the top of the board even without strokes. I think you got to go. You got to get kind of cute. You got to go down, Joe. You got to look for like a Scheffler, Morikawa. Uh, these guys, they're going to go for birdies. They're going to do what they need to do in their 20 to 1 without anything going on, which is still shitty, but it's better. Now, I didn't do that. I would go more like a Victor Hovland at 28 to 1, maybe a Sam Burns who has a little chip on his shoulder, wants to prove it a little bit, probably going to get the snub from the Ryder Cup. So, a Sam Burns at 35 to 1 with, without starting strokes. Or a Sung J M, who is trending towards a win. We get 35 on Sung J. Feels fair to me. Based on how he's played recently, he's trending great. So at 35 to 1, that would be the bet I'd make without starting strokes. Maybe you could even consider taking a look at Sung Jay with the starting strokes as well. Because M is on oh, seven under. He's gonna fire at birdies. I mean, coming in, I mean he's 45, which is ridiculous, dude. So he's seven back, he's 45. What am I talking about? Of course, don't do that. Just do this. Do without starting strokes. You get them at 35 with that. So I mean, that's weird. way better. What are we doing here? Right? That's so weird. So what is Burns? Burns is 35 to 1 without starting strokes. What is he with? 40. 40. And he Burns is minus 4. So, yeah, this is where um, you need a smarter brain than mine to sort of figure this stuff out. That's why I don't – I'm just going to – take it lightly this week and i hate that now yeah no one's Can one of these guys let's a- answer this question for me it's gonna be hard there's a couple of guys at like minus one minus two can those guys get in this um i thought that i think all right, Rory so, can. So hideki is triple digits he's minus one Corey connors is 125 to one how those two ended up with the same Hideki was just in a playoff at a WGC a month ago. He also won the biggest tournament of the year, right? He won the real masters with fans, with everyone. And Corey Connors, they're start they're their level. So we're going to do a staggered start. And those two are going to start together. That, that's why I'm saying, Joe, why does it have to be minus 10 to start? EVR should be like plus 11 and they should be like, thanks for coming. You have no fucking chance, buddy. You're dead last. Like you're automatically dead last. Even if you shoot 30 under par for this tournament, you have 59 every single day. EVR, you shouldn't fucking win this tournament. So EVR, you should start plus 11. Patrick Reed, I guess you can start even. I don't know, but some of these players, they shouldn't even be here. They should start at plus numbers. They should just happy to be here, which is again, why this is all a waste of time. If that's the case. So then they're like, Oh, we'll give you even, but then that doesn't, that's the same purpose as giving plus 11. Like, f- like that's all fucking stupid. But Cantley shouldn't be my, the the guy in the lowest score. It should be Rob. Yeah, it should be Rob. It, it should be Rob. It should be, be Bryson, maybe. And then it should be Morikawa. Yeah, Morikawa should be definitely like minus nine at this point. So you cool. could give Rom and Bryson. I mean, Guess you could give Cantley because it's the playoffs. You know, you give him a win there, and you get a faint fee now because it's the playoffs. You give him there, and then I don't know Cam Smith. He performed in the playoffs. Was that even a playoff event that he was in the playoffs? Yeah, that was Liberty. Okay, so I guess he can be up there. Answer in England. I guess they had good seasons, and Answer won the WGC just the most recently. But then, how was Answer the rest of the season? 
Like, I don't understand this. I think the only, I think the one and only thing that I I can see myself betting are two guys. It's Xander and Sam Burns. Um and I just think Xander with it last year, he I think that he's he's the type of guy that I think can erase this type of deficit potentially. He does have 72 holes in 4 days to do so. So we've seen crazier things happen. We haven't seen a, a single guy um, was Cantley leading going into Sunday or were they tied? When they were tied, right? Yeah, 21 under. Yeah, yeah, so we haven't seen a guy hold a lead on Sunday since Phil at the PGA, which was back in June. So, you know, Cantley's holding a lead and he's got four days to do it. So, yeah, I, I, you know, those are the only two guys that I'm considering, and that's kind of the only take that I have on this. Yeah, same. Okay, I'm, you know, Sung JM is my favorite non starting strokes guy i'd probably just like i i mean i think i just did rom and bryson or something at the top it was like okay i'm betting two guys and put five on each and i win 10 bucks if one of them wins like it's so stupid yeah. so don't even do it now you could play DraftKings where it's a little bit different and then you can get different with your lineup construction too because we kind of might know ownership and if you want to know more about ownership you can check into the fantasy golf pod uh YouTube channel Wednesday mornings where I discuss this stuff, ownership projections. Yes. So that might be very important this week. And don't be afraid to leave some money off the table. I mean, there's only 30 people in the field. Okay, so two great points there. You know my take and my stance on ownership. This week is different. Yeah, right. Um, you got to consider. You have maybe only 29 guys in the field. I was looking before we came on, and there still isn't any real news. Patrick Reed has an 1140 tee time, which is the right. first tee time off on Thursday. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he's playing. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you may only have 29 guys. You have to roster six of them. Essentially, you're, you have to roster 20% of the field this week, right? So ownership is going to play an important factor. And number two that I think you hit on, it may not be a bad week to leave five, six hundred bucks on the table. If you want to get different, if you're playing a big format GPP, I think that you can leave a lot out there and just sort of dip down and it's not going to hurt you. Um, you know, it's not going to hurt you that much. No, look at this team. Morikawa, Hovland, Kepka. You can do my guy Ammon Scheffler. And then you can go down and do burger, and that leaves six thousand. <laughs> yeah, I mean you've got to get the winner if you want to win a GPP. True. You've got to get the winner, so you've got to hope one of those okay. guys sort of make a surge. So maybe you you go one of the three at the top, and then yeah, you leave six hundred to a thousand bucks on the table, and uh, you you press go. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that is going to be the avenue for the week. I hate betting this tournament. Um, cheers to a great season. <laughs> Yeah, it was fun. It was great having you guys join us each and every Monday evening here on uh, Twitter. Yeah. We've done that, and we've done it on YouTube. Um, we're on iTunes as well. Joe, yeah. Are you going to write your Odds Checker article? I guess we – Yeah. Yeah, I mean – Sure. Sure. Okay. Odds so Checker check will be up tomorrow, the Odds Checker piece, um, Jock Market Power Hour Wednesday. Join that. That's going to be the way to play this week. They've got shorting available now. Like, everyone – Freaking loves it. If you haven't done it yet and you're able to do it, sign up with the promo code. That helps us out a lot. And um, I'll see you there. Thanks again. Hey, uh, we're hey, uh, Joe, there's a week off in, for football, and then there's the new uh, Safeway open called the Fournier or Fournette or something. 
Fortinet, yeah, Fortinet, Fortnite, something like that. But Fortnite, yeah, maybe Fortnite. we'll do something. You know what? So we're gonna do Ryder Cup, right? Mm-hmm. We have to do a Ryder Cup show for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, let's do. We'll figure it out. We will be around to answer any questions. Maybe Chad and I like rotate weeks or something mm-hmm. like that through the fall. Um, or uh, we've got another know, baby on the way. Yeah. We've got uh, some nice family time coming up for both of us after a long super season. So best of luck. Joe, you, could own, you could start your own podcast because I, you know, got this damn kid coming. I'm gonna have no time this fall. So maybe you'll do late nights with Joe, and I'll just join you every once in a while. Okay, maybe we'll do that. Late nights with Joe. Maybe we'll just sit here and, and chat. But uh, appreciate you guys. Yes, lunchtime long shots out tomorrow, as cool. always. Hey, good to see you guys. Thanks for chatting along. Peace. Peace out.